Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Jima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. Today's topic is reincarnation. Do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe after you die, you will come back again? You will do it all over again. You will come back into a new body. Do you believe that? Is that real? Is it possible? Let's go ahead on and talk about this and find out. Imagine this, the majority of things we've been taught about this reality in Western culture are based on falsehood, deception, and lies. Now, we've been told that we are just physical beings. We live, then we die to never come back again. We're constantly uncovering new information that has challenged this belief and helped us to think outside the box of this illusion. In indigenous cultures around the world, ancient people have practiced the the ancient philosophical view of reincarnation for thousands of years. Reincarnation is a Latin word that literally means to take on the flesh again. Of course, in different societies and cultures, people use different names to describe the process of reincarnation. Now let's review some basic information about this process. There's nothing really complicated about the concept of reincarnation. It's simply the transfer of the soul from one body into a new one. The soul is being reborn after the physical death of the previous body. Basically, the physical body is a shell or a vehicle that we use to experience physical reality. We are not technically our bodies. We are living souls using the body to have a physical experience. This life force or energy known as the soul animates and gives life to the body. The soul is projecting its consciousness or awareness into the brain. Therefore, this consciousness can be installed or projected into any physical vessel. The soul can occupy the body of plants, animals, microorganisms, or humans throughout its incarnation. It's believed that once the soul incarnates as a human being, it will not be reborn in any other previous forms, but remain within the human genetic family. The time period between death and rebirth is estimated to be between 10,000 to 300 years, but it may vary according to each soul's purpose and desire. On the average, it's said to be every 300 to 400 years before a soul is reborn. Some souls want to be reborn because they have the desire to re-experience physical reality and have a physical body. Sometimes the soul is mentally and emotionally attached to the human pleasurable experiences while deliberately working hard to avoid pain, challenges, or difficulties. Example. Some souls are attached to the following physical sensation, sex, food, alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, anything that brings them pleasure. They are attached to it. They only want to perform these actions with the intention of gaining pleasurable rewards. Now this action in every behavior accumulates karma. According to spiritual belief systems of the Hindus, A person's purpose for being in the physical world is to do spiritual work without any type of attachment. In other words, you can't do everything for physical, selfish gains or benefits, but for the spiritual betterment of oneself and others. The souls who intentionally come to have the pleasures, sensations, or experiences of the world, after many lifetimes, they eventually become tired, dissatisfied, or uninterested in living this illusion. At some point during their earthly journey, they'll remember their true purpose and identity as an infinite soul. After their spiritual elevation and growth, they will no longer have the desire to experience physical reality and they may want to be free from the cycle of reincarnation. It's at this spiritual maturity and enlightenment they obtain release from all karmic debt. The process of reincarnation 
is governed by the law of karma, which is the action or behavior that is committed during each lifetime. Every action has a reaction. This determines the soul's next life experience. Whatever is done in one lifetime will create karma which will manifest in the next life. Karma is repeated actions and patterns that form habits. We have the free will to change our habits when we decide to do it. However, most people are not consciously aware of their habits, whether it's good or bad. So it's important to practice mindfulness to break our negative cycles in order to change our karma. It's important to seek spiritual guidance, knowledge, and support from advanced souls who can help us remove our karmic baggage. Now, there are three different types of karmas. Let's find out. We have the first one, the latent karma. The accumulated karma from your past thoughts and actions, which will eventually be experienced in your future. Example, planting a seed in the past that will grow into a tree in the future. Ripen karma. Now, this is the karma that is being experienced in the present or now. It's the seed of past behavior, action, or thoughts that are currently being manifested in the moment. We have future karma, the seed of action that's planted in the present with your behavior, thoughts, or feelings that will produce the fruits of your future. Now, good karma increases your soul's frequency, setting it at a higher vibratory level. The opposite happens when you acquire bad karma. It decreases your soul's frequency. Your karmic frequency at death will determine which dimensional space on the astral plane you are going to occupy. Now, according to spiritual belief, after physical death, a spirit guide comes to escort the soul to the correct astral realm based on its karmic deeds or frequency level. Before moving on to the spiritual realm, the soul goes through a restoration phase where energy healing has to be performed to restore balance. They can't move out of the astral realm without completing the healing process. There's an orientation period that allows the soul to ground itself to the new state or reality. There's a debriefing period when the soul goes through a life review process. They are able to evaluate past life experiences, mistakes, lessons, and achievements. Some souls choose to reincarnate to a new body on earth or proceed to other planetary systems or realities. Others remain in the astral realm until they decide to go through the process to enter the spiritual realm. Now, reincarnation is not just an unknown, random occurrence. It's intentional, purposeful, and orchestrated. The preparational phase depends on the life mission and lessons to be learned. The spirit guides and committee members carefully assemble the perfect team of souls who are going to be included or involved in the next incarnation. It is stated that souls belong to a soul tribe or soul family who normally reincarnate together during different lifetimes. These souls from form close bonds, share deep connections, and create soul contracts. These soul contracts are volunteered agreements or arrangements that are made to work together with the members of the soul tribe to accomplish specific goals and objectives. These individual souls form a collective group to manifest the desired reality. Souls can reincarnate into the same biological families. They can be best friends, husband or wife, co-workers, neighbors, or acquaintances. These souls are considered our soulmates because they have been with us in previous lifetimes. Even though they play different vital roles during our reincarnation, when we meet these familiar souls, 
they can definitely give us a sense of deja vu. Like, like we know them. They're like, we know them from somewhere. We may not know where, but we feel very familiar with their spirit. There's an instant connection. We feel very comfortable. We feel like they understand us and we understand them. They accept us as we are unconditionally and they appreciate or even love us. We feel an instant love when we meet our soulmates. These are the people who have traveled with us in many different lifetimes. They traveled with us. They played different roles, different characters, but yet we've been together. Now, as agreed upon in the soul contracts before reincarnated, we do meet our soul family at a point of destiny along our journey. We agree in the soul contract that we're going to meet. Now, it may take you 10, 20 years of life before you actually meet one of your soulmates. It may take you 60, 70 years. Or you may be born into a family of people who are your soulmates, people who you've traveled with before, people who are part of your soul tribe or your soul family. Now, even though we may not consciously remember these souls, there's a spiritual connection and awareness that this soul is familiar. As we work on our spiritual development and growth, our soulmates or soul tribe will come along to help us through our journey. Now, everyone has their own belief about the afterlife. There are three current belief systems about this matter. Now, we're going to talk about these three separate perspectives on the process that occurs after the death of the physical body. Now, let's talk about the atheist perspective. That's what we're going to deal with. First, we're going to deal with the atheist perspective. An atheist is a person who does not believe in the existence of a God or deity. Some of them believe that human beings are entirely physical and their brain is their consciousness. Therefore, after the death of the body, the brain is no longer alive and consciousness ceases to exist. They don't subscribe to the afterlife existence of a soul or spirit. They operate from the belief that nothing can function or continue outside the existence of physical reality. Just like a computer or artificial intelligence, AI, when the plug is disconnected, there's no energy to continue the operation of the machine. They base their idea or assumption on the lack of scientific evidence to support the existence of the conscious mind after death. Now, some atheists do accept the existence of a soul and believe in reincarnation. They believe that reincarnation is possible based on the law of conservation of energy, which states that energy can never, can never or neither be created nor destroyed only converted from one form of energy to another. So it's conceivable that the soul or conscious mind after physical death can be transferred to a different vessel or body. So some atheists do believe in reincarnation. Other atheists don't believe in reincarnation because they don't believe in the existence of a soul. They have no scientific evidence to prove it, so they just don't believe it. Now, it doesn't mean that reincarnation doesn't exist, but this is just one perspective of reincarnation, the atheist perspective. Now, let's look at the religious perspective. The three Western religions of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam believe in the afterlife. They do believe that there is a soul. They do believe that after the death of the physical body, the soul goes to a place and waits for the judgment day. They believe that each person will be sentenced according to their deeds. Now, the souls who committed sinful or wicked acts 
when they were here on this planet, they will go for judgment and they will be sentenced to hell. And the souls who were good people, righteous people, they were obedient and they were sinless, will be rewarded and they will go to heaven for their positive deeds. This is the perspective of religious people. Now, this assumption is based on blind faith without any evidence to support it. So religious people don't believe in reincarnation. They don't believe that the soul is going to be reborn on earth into a new body. They believe that after death, the soul goes to a particular place and wait for judgment day. And after judgment, they will be sentenced to heaven or hell. So people who are religious don't believe in reincarnation. They don't believe it. Okay, Their belief system is based on blind faith. They have no evidence of what they believe. They just believe it. You can't challenge someone who believes something because there's their belief. Now, if they tell you that they can prove it, if they tell you that it's a fact, then that's a whole nother story. You're going to ask for the proof. But if they tell you that I believe, then we have to just respect their belief. It's blind faith. So we do have the religious perspective on reincarnation. They don't believe reincarnation is real. Now let's look at the last perspective of reincarnation. Spiritual perspective. The majority of people have more of a spiritual perspective on reincarnation. Now, there are indigenous spiritual practices. We have African spirituality, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, and other beliefs that acknowledge that human beings are spiritual beings with a soul who are having a human experience for their own spiritual evolution. They believe the soul is immortal and it survives the death of the physical body to continue its spiritual journey. They believe the soul has the option to be reborn into a new body based on its karma or action. They believe that the main purpose of being reborn is for the soul to remember or discover or rediscover its divinity and connection to the source of existence. Karma is the great teacher, not punisher. Souls must learn how to evolve themselves, how to grow while they're in this physical body. They must learn that their actions and behaviors affect others to include the world. Now, the goal of the soul, based on people who are spiritual, this is a spiritual perspective of reincarnation. Again, the goal is to learn empathy, unity, reciprocity, and divine love while in the body. This belief system is based on an intuitive knowledge. People just know that they know that the soul exists after the death of the body. They know that they know it's intuitive. People from all over the globe, from different indigenous cultures, they know. How do they know? Because they have their intuition. They have spiritual and paranormal experience. They have the innate abilities. They have out-of-body experience, near-death experience, deathbed visions, medianship, after-death communication, telepathy, astral travel, remote viewing, and encounters with ghosts and other spiritual entities. Now, if someone has experienced these spiritual or paranormal things, it's easy for them to believe in reincarnation because they know that there are other realities. They know there are other dimensions. They're able to tap into that realm. If they're able to tap into those realms, they're able to have an out-of-body experience, they're able to leave their physical body and travel to the astral plane. They're able to go and visit people and see what they're doing and tell them what they're doing. Now, these people, you can understand how it's easy for them to believe in reincarnation because they have actually 
had spiritual experiences to show them that it's real. It's real. Now, even people who are religious or people who are atheists, sometimes they do still have spiritual experiences. Now, sometimes they ignore those experiences. They act like those experiences never happened. They deny them. They minimize them. They kind of brush them off as just a dream or a fantasy. Sometimes they think they're going crazy. They really don't want to accept that they're having an out-of-body experience. Right Now, there's more evidence to support the belief in reincarnation than any other religious fairy tales or scientific theory. So we have evidence. There, you know, there's thousands of scientific research and studies on reincarnation involving children before the age of five years old who have given accurate information that was verified about being reincarnated souls. Now, this is real. Okay, this is a paranormal experience that just can't be explained away. Now, these children from different cultures, backgrounds, and locations had memories of their past lives. They recall in detailed information that was beyond their age, maturity, awareness, or understanding. Some of them were able to speak different languages without learning it from anywhere. Also, some individuals under hypnosis can recall details of their past lives in vivid memories that include visions, they see things, they smell things, and they hear things. I mean, it's real. Okay? Hypo, uh, hypotherapists, hypotherapists using different techniques can trigger people to tap into these stored past life memories. It's very important that we understand there's proof. Now, some people can say that these are not really past life memories. They can say that it's somebody's vivid imagination. It's somebody's uh, fantasy. It's somebody's subconscious desires. Or it's somebody's, uh, um, they heard that from a story. They heard it from someone else. But it doesn't explain when they give accurate information about things that they really have not gained access to in this world. How do you explain that? How do you explain the smell, the sound, the visions, the vivid memories? How do you explain that? Some people say it's genetic memory. They're just tapping into a previous relative's life. Right? There's a lot of explanations for past life regression, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions. There's still a lot of doubts. A lot of things just don't make sense, especially the children who are talking about their past life. Usually before the age of five years old, children will tell you that they remember when they were somewhere else or when they had other parents or when they were an adult. And sometimes these children tell you how they died in their previous life. There's thousands of research and studies about that. If you're interested, you just go do the research. It's there. So it's real. And after the age of five, usually the children forget. They don't remember. That's when the complete amnesia kicks in. Now, some people, some souls, if they had a very traumatic death, it was an accident, it was a violent death, it was something that was just horrible and they were shocked and they weren't quite ready to die yet sometimes you know the memory will linger and some of these children are born with birthmarks you know that basically show where there was a bullet wound or there was some type of um, scar some type of accident sometimes they are born with birthmarks I mean, there's a lot of paranormal things, paranormal things that happen in this world that cannot be explained. Science can't prove them right or wrong. It just is. So sometimes we can't be trying to prove things wrong. Sometimes we just have to accept that it is. We put so much energy and so much effort trying to prove it wrong. Just let it be and embrace it. The possibility exists. Now, it's very difficult for some people to process the concept of reincarnation if they are religious or they're an atheist. However, many others do believe in the possibility of reincarnation and seriously entertain this thought. 
Now let's explore this concept and try to understand it without any bias or prejudice. All right, we have to clear our minds and, and just focus and allow ourselves just to see the evidence. Let's see what's happening. We got to fully understand it. We can't just dismiss it because we, we don't understand it. And how are you going to understand it if you don't entertain it, if you don't stop and think about it? And sometimes your logical mind cannot comprehend certain things. You just have to accept it. It is what it is. Don't try to justify it. All right. Now let's talk about reincarnation in established bodies. Now, when we think about reincarnation, we think about the soul being born into a baby's body. Yes, into a brand new baby's body. You know, that soul comes in as a brand new baby. But there are cases where reincarnation takes place inside an already established body, meaning that the body is already grown into an adult body, right? Now, how can that happen, right? Now, people from different spiritual belief systems, they talk about the walk-ins, right? The walk-ins. Let's find out. So, souls don't always have to be assigned a physical body at conception in the uterus. Sometimes, some advanced souls can take over a body as a walk-in or soul exchange. A walk-in soul is the concept of a person whose original soul has exited the body and has been replaced with a more advanced soul. Now, this can take place during difficult times. Now, again, we have some souls who are not born into a body. They wait until a body is grown fully mature, maybe as an adult or as an older child, and they decide through a mutual exchange between the old soul and the new soul in order for them to just walk in and take over the body. Now, when does this transaction happen? When does this transfer happen? Usually it happens during a time of trauma. Any type of trauma, it could be a sexual trauma, a physical trauma, somebody fell, somebody got injured, somebody went into a, a coma, somebody um, fell and, 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 and hit their head and they went unconscious, all right? They had a near-death experience, which I will explain in a few minutes. Now, during these times, the soul can leave. Let's continue, okay? A, a disease, someone could be sick, they can have epilepsy, they can have tuberculosis, they could be on the deathbed, they could be sexually assaulted, a rape victim. It could be that um, they're under the influence of drug and alcohol, suicide attempt, okay? That person has no will to continue living. Or they could have a mental breakdown or nervous breakdown. They have depression or overly stressed. They're uh, undergoing surgery, anesthesia, all right? Now, anytime any of these incidents take place, trauma, accident, disease, sexual assault, rape, drug and alcohol addiction, suicide attempt, mental breakdown, out-of-body experience, surgery, sleep. You could be sleeping and you can exit your body. Your soul can exit your body and another soul can walk in. You could be in a deep coma. When you wake up, it's not the same soul. It's another soul that came to inhabit the body. You could have had a near-death experience. Something happened. You literally died for a few minutes. Your heart stopped beating. And you're just out of there. And another soul, they call it the walk-in soul, come in and takes over. Takes over. Now, remember now, the brain, the physical brain itself still stores the memories, still stores the personality characteristic. So the person may look the same, exactly, it's the same body. The person may even act the same. The person may have memories of previous things that took place, but it's not the same soul. All right. Again, the memories of the old individual are still retained by the brain, but the personality is transformed. They use the body to have a physical experience, accomplish a particular goal or task, or they want to reach a certain level of consciousness. You have these walk-ins. They walk in. All right. Now, Usually, this happens because of a soul contract. Soul contract. 
there's an agreement between the departing soul and the new soul to be able to use their body for a specific purpose. This is called a soul exchange or soul swapping, right? This transaction or transition can happen in two ways. The original soul exits the body and re-enters the spiritual realm, allowing the new soul to replace it. The second way, the, the souls can agree to share the body over a period of time. We have trans, uh, transit walk-ins. What, what is a transit walk-in? A soul will transfer occupation of the body to another soul for a limited time. Okay, that's called a rent-out. The soul decides that it's going to allow another soul to share the body. Then we have the guest walk-in, temporary resident. They temporarily reside in the body with the original soul for a limited amount of time. They can be an observer, a helper, or a guide. Now, some people could think this is just too much. You know, this is not real. This is all fantasy. This doesn't happen. It's kind of hard to imagine this if you've been taught all your life that you're just a physical body and you're not really taught about the spiritual realm, about you being a soul, a spirit, and you're not taught that there are other spiritual beings and other entities that exist or coexist with you on this planet or in this world, in this dimension. If you're not taught that, it's, it's very difficult for you to conceive such a thing as soul swap or soul exchange as a walk-in. It's kind of hard for you to imagine this, but I'm just doing this podcast just to introduce people to the thought and to the idea so they can do more research if they're interested in learning about reincarnation and how souls come into the body and how souls exit the body and re-enter a new body. If you're interested in that, you can do more research and you can find out about it. Now, let's talk about some of the movies that have basically kind of show us that it's possible that souls can be transferred to other bodies. Now, we have movies, we have books, we have stories, magazine articles, you know, that basically telling us that these things are possible. And we do have the technology. Let's, let's look at some movies. Most people have seen the movie Avatar, right? Where the main character's consciousness was projected or transferred into an alien clone body. He was physically located on his spaceship and was paralyzed. Yet, through the usage of advanced neurotechnology, his consciousness was placed into another body. All right, so obviously there are people who are entertaining this idea of soul transfer. When the soul leaves one body, it can enter another body. Right now, let's look at another example. The soul is the electricity and the body is the light bulb. When the old light bulb is used and finished, electricity can no longer be contained in it. A new light bulb has to replace the old one. Yet, it's exactly the same electricity being used. That's just another example for you to kind of conceptualize how reincarnation can be possible. Now, let's look at one more movie. The futuristic movie, The Surrogate basically was about people transferring or projecting their consciousness into humanoid robots in order to experience adventures, excitement, thrills, and fantasies. See, the technology may be available in the future where people can actually transfer their consciousness into robots or transfer their consciousness into virtual reality. They actually live in a a virtual world. Right, And we see also this in the movie, The Matrix, where people are literally plugged up and they're in suspense animation and their brain is connected to a machine. And their consciousness is being projected into this big virtual world. And they cannot distinguish that virtual world from their so-called real world. So existence become a simulation, a computer generated simulation that you really cannot tell what is physical and what is mental. The universe becomes mental and all is mind. The universe is mental and all is mind. 
So we really have to keep that in mind. Now let's go over some phenomena that definitely are happening and people cannot explain these phenomena. They they really cannot explain them. And we're still on the topic of reincarnation, but we want to go ahead on and talk about some spiritual things, some paranormal things that are happening that pretty much give us an indication that maybe reincarnation is definitely real. Okay, let's talk about near-death experiences. Right? This is a naturally occurring phenomenon of people who are pronounced clinically dead and were subsequently revived back to life through resuscitation or other medical technological intervention. Now, these technically dead individuals, they were pronounced dead now. They were dead. There was no heartbeat. They mysteriously returned to their bodies and the majority of them had similar experiences. Now, we're talking about people from all walks of life. People who don't even know each other. Different race, different culture, different locations, different economic background, different age. It doesn't matter. These people have technically died. They died. No heartbeat at all. And they all reported very similar experiences. All right? Let's talk about the experiences that some of these people have reported. The first thing that happens is that they realize that the spirit detaches from the body. They realize that they're not in their body. Some of them look down. They go up into the ceiling, they say, or they wander around in the air. And then they look down. Then they actually see their physical body laying down, lifeless, unanimated, just laying there. Whether they're laying there on the operating room, whether they're laying on the floor because they fell, or maybe they're in a car accident, or maybe they just had a heart attack, but they see the body laying down, right? They believe that they are in another realm, and you know, and they're in another dimension. They're in another space and plane, all right? There's a presence of a white light. They all say the same thing. They see the presence of a white light. They see themselves moving through a tunnel. They encounter dead relatives or other people that they know who are deceased. They have a life review. They look at their lives, what they did and what they didn't do, the good, the bad. They have a feeling of peace, love, and relaxation. They have a sense of know-it-all, knowledge of all things. They want to continue on to the light to go into the spiritual realm. Some of them are told. No, they're not ready to go. They're told that they have to return to their body. Some of them are given an option. Do they want to die and stay dead? Or do they want to go back to the life that they were having on the planet? Now, upon their return to life, these individuals who were pronounced dead for at least 10 to 15 minutes, they give a full account of their death experience. They describe what it was like what they saw in the spiritual realm, as well as the physical world. They also report traveling to other areas or locations. They visit family, friends, describe conversations people were having, the clothes they were wearing, or events that was happening at the time that they witnessed these things while they were outside their body. Okay, now see, evidence of near-death experience offers us some proof that the conscious mind or the soul can continue to exist outside the physical body. Some people say that's just the brain playing tricks on them, but how can you explain someone who's in a operating room, their body is laying down on a bed and they went home at three o'clock because they saw the, 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 the time on the wall, okay? And they saw their husband sitting down, watching TV. They can describe the clothes he was wearing, the food he was eating, what he was saying. How can you explain that? And then you have people who have actually seen these people physically manifest. People who are laying down in a hospital somewhere, people have reported seeing them walking down the street. Several people have said they saw them. All right, so we do have some 
unexplained phenomena that's going on, but people who experience near-death experiences, definitely they got a glimpse. They're able to see the other side. They're able to go to the spiritual realm and come back and tell us that there are there are places, there are places that we can't imagine. There are worlds that exist beyond our imagination. And there are several books that's been written about that. So if you're interested in that, please do a little bit more research and go find out about the near-death experience. Now, let's talk about the other phenomena that pretty much give us an idea that reincarnation is definitely possible, that the souls can continue to exist after the death of the body. Now, deathbed visions. We're talking about deathbed visions. Now, when an individual is close to dying, okay, they usually have visions, hallucinations, or experiences involving seeing deceased family members, friends, or their spouse. Other people see what is identified as angels or spirits. Some people see religious or mystical figures as well. They usually are very comfortable, relaxed, and welcoming of these visitors, these spiritual visitors. They're willing to go with them. The majority of the time, these beings tell the dying they are sent to help them transition from this world to the afterlife. These dying individuals, at the end of their life, appear to be happy to see and speak to these spirits. They're willing to allow them to escort them to the other side. This happens to people in all cultures, races, nationalities, and ethnicity. It is a universal phenomenon. There are witnesses such as doctors, nurse, staff, family members, and friends who have been present when these visitors occur or visitations occurred. All right? And a lot of time, especially in hospice, where these people are terminally ill. They're in the hospice because they have a couple months or a couple weeks to live. Then the staff there at the hospice, this is something that's common. When people are getting ready to die, all right, they got a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe a couple months, they start talking to visitors. People start coming, souls and spirits and entities, start coming and talking to them, giving them information preparing them to transition from this life into the other life. So this is definitely proof that there has to be some type of conscious awareness, you know, of the spirits. Once they exit the body, they are living, they're continuing to live somewhere else. They're not just out of existence, obviously. Something is coming to these people. And a lot of people who are dying, sometimes they're in pain, sometimes they're scared, sometimes they're lonely, they're by themselves, they don't have anybody. And after they get these visits, they seem to calm down and they seem to accept the fact that they're getting ready to transition from one life into another. Some of them are are pretty much ready to go once they get these visitors. They seem to be very happy and content. So obviously something is going on. We don't know what it is, but something is going on. Now, let's talk about the ghosts, okay? Now, there's the supernatural phenomena of humans seeing the images or or spirits of deceased people at various places. It has been reported that thousands, if not millions of people, of huntings of different kinds. They see spirits and deceased spirits all over. The majority of societies believe in the existence of a disincarnated souls who have no body. And these spirits, these souls have claimed to live before. Sometimes they're your relative. They come back after death to try to communicate with you, to try to talk to you, to try to tell you that there is life on the other side. Now, this is proof that The soul can exist outside the body. There's a consciousness that's living outside the body. Now, either you believe it or you don't, all right? But there's definitely proof that something is going on. Something exists, all right? I mean, the the dead are trying to contact the living, to send them messages, to let them know. Now, this brings us into mediumship, mediumship. This is a type of spiritual practice The medium is an individual who has psychic and supernatural abilities to communicate with the spirit of the dead. 
Okay, the people who crossed over into the afterlife, they can receive and send messages from both worlds. They can also channel, receive messages from non-human spirits, spirits of aliens, entities, or ascended masters. Now, some mediums are clairvoyant. They can actually see the spirits and visions from them. You know, they can actually see things, objects, sounds, smell, or things. They can also practice clairvoyance audience or clear hearing. They have the ability to hear voices or thoughts of spirits. How do we explain that? These things are real. Clear audience. You know, they literally can hear the spirits talk to them. And how do we explain this? How do we explain that? Because when somebody tells you that your grandfather is here and your grandfather is giving you a message and the message is accurate. Okay? They tell you the grandfather said, you know, they tell you something that nobody else knows. Or they tell you where to go find something. All right? Now, that happens to a lot of people who are murdered. Now, sometimes their spirit won't rest or they won't move on to the spiritual realm. They get stuck in the astral plane because they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to find a way to tell what happened. They want to tell their story. They want to tell the story and they will come back and contact mediums and other people who are spiritually in tune or sensitive messages to get back to other people. All right. Just wanted to put those things out there to let us know that there's proof. There's proof that the spirit, the soul can exist without a body. There's plenty of evidence to show that. Now let's talk about reincarnation. How do you know that you've been reincarnated? Now, some people, some souls are not reincarnated. They're here for the very first time. Souls. There's other worlds. This physical world is not the only world. There's other planets. There's other solar systems. There's other galaxies. So obviously, there are souls from all over the universe. Right? Now, how do you know that you are in a reincarnated soul? How do you know? Let's, let's briefly talk about some things that can give you you know, some type of indication that you've been here before. The majority of people, 51%, believe in reincarnation. Now, these are some of the indication of past lives. Reoccurring dreams, okay? If you're having reoccurring dreams, it could be the reflection of past life experiences. The unconscious or subconscious mind is revealing old lived memories, unfinished businesses, hidden fears, and insecurities. Sometimes these dreams feel very familiar. So if you're constantly having reoccurring dreams of you being in the medieval time or you being there doing slavery, you know, you there doing World War One. I. I mean, it could be that this is not just an ordinary dream. It is a past life memory that you're having through your dreams, right? Deja vu. Most people would experience this phenomenon at some point in their lives. It's a spontaneous and unexpected feeling that something is very familiar already experienced or lived a moment in time before. It can be triggered by anything, a smell, a taste, a sound, a sensation, an image, a symbol, anything can trigger that feeling. So if you're constantly having uh, um, experiences of deja vu, it could be a sign that you are a reincarnated soul. That means that you've been here, you've done that already. Okay, strong intuitive knowledge. When a person has a wealth of innate knowledge and wisdom that doesn't correspond to their current life education, situation, maturity, or understanding, this may be indication of acquired knowledge from previous lives. You have these people who are naturally geniuses. They seem to just be smart. Now, could this be indication that these are old souls, that they traveled to this place so many times that they've accumulated knowledge that's that's a lock into their DNA or their spiritual memory. Because we have physical memory, which is of our current life, and we have spiritual memory, which is of many, many lifetimes. All right, so some people somehow are able to tap into that spiritual memory or genetic memory of previous ancestors. You know, if they can tap into that, they can access information, unlimited information. So because of that, that could be an indication that you've lived before. Unusual talents and abilities. When a child acquires a gift or natural ability without any experience, skills, assistance, or knowledge, they seem to automatically be very familiar 
with the subject, task, or situation. There's no normal explanation for this ability. It's not genetically inherited or learned. You have some kids who can pick up a guitar and they've never played the guitar before. They've never been around anybody. They've never seen anybody play guitar. They pick it up and they start playing. Or people who sing so naturally, so beautiful. They draw. They paint. They do poetry. They write. And they were never taught these things. They were never taught. We talk about natural ability. Before we talk about just knowledge, they just know, no. This time we're talking about natural gifts. They're great singers, great dancers, and they've never been taught. So that may be an indication that these people may have lived before and they acquired those abilities from previous lives. Unexplained fears and phobias. There are irrational fears and insecurities that develop within a person with no logic explanation. No association or connection with any previous experience. It seems to come from nowhere, instant or just natural. Some people are just automatically afraid of water. They've never been around water. They've never had any trauma or bad experience associated with water. But for whatever reason, they're terrified of water. So if you have an unexplained irrational fear, so phobia is irrational fear, then something may be wrong. You may be something happened to you in a previous life and you're carrying that spiritual memory with you. And that's the reason why you're constantly afraid. Okay. Now, you're very empathetic. Having the ability to absorb the emotions and energies of other people. Connecting to people's thoughts and physical sensation. You're very receptive to picking up on energy and perceptive by perceiving others' views or perception. Being able to literally put yourself in someone's shoe mentally and emotionally. Your impact. So most people who are empathetic like that to that degree it may be an indication that you've lived many lifetimes before because you've acquired the ability to tune yourself in to connect energetically with other people and that's not something that everybody can do so it requires practice and maybe you've been here many lifetimes to be able to do that now psychic abilities okay some people have psychic abilities all right they're able to have dreams Uh, prophetic dreams, visions, and physical sensations. They can tap into the future and retrieve information about people and events. You know, they can be telepathic and have the ability to read people's mind or communicate with them non-verbally. They are natural healers. They can use their energy to heal trauma, disease, or pain. Now, people who are, you know, have psychic abilities, maybe they are reincarnated souls. They're advanced because they've acquired that ability. It's not something that they learn. It's something that they're born with. They're born with that ability. Maybe some of these people were doctors in previous lives. They were healers. And now they're able to tap into that spiritual knowledge that they acquired from another life. All right. Feeling out of place. Some people just feel out of place, strange feeling that you don't belong somewhere. You know, you feel like you're out of place. You know, maybe you should be in another world. You're feeling alienated on this planet. You're an outcast, a stranger. You feel like an alien. You feel like you're ready to leave this place and go home where you belong. So if you're constantly feeling out of place, you know, some children will tell you that, you know, they want to go home. They don't belong here. They want to go somewhere else. You know, they're familiar with something else. This is strange to them. This is foreign. This is not real. If you have these feeling of out of place, it could be that you've lived many lifetimes before and you're not comfortable in this time, in this world. You're comfortable somewhere else. Okay? Now, feeling older than your biological age or acting older, displaying a higher level of maturity, understanding characteristics and awareness that wasn't acquired through your current life feeling older in many ways compared to others other people your age you know you call these people old souls you see children they're you know all they have this this aura about them they have this way that they're so mature they're quiet they're peaceful they're wise you know they we call them little old souls they speak such wisdom they talk in a way that's so mature. They're, you know, I mean, they, they listen to music that's not age appropriate. You know, they like blues and jazz and classical music, you know, and they're only six or seven. 
And you, and you wonder, how did they acquire that type of taste? They like to read books of older people. They like to, you know, travel. They like to do things that older people like to do. And, and you're wondering, how did they get that way? They're the little kids, all right? So we call these people old souls. They're older than their biological age. They're very mentally advanced. So that can be indication that this person is a reincarnated soul, a reincarnated soul. Now, familiarity, affinity with specific music, culture, time, people, location, having an unexplained connection or association with particular things, Feeling very comfortable, familiar, or attracted to certain cultures without any reason. This could be a residue of a past life memory. Some people are just attracted to different cultures. They're attracted to the Asian culture, to the Aborigine culture, to the African culture, to the indigenous cultures, Native American, to the European. And they have never really been exposed to these cultures, but yet they seem to have an affinity. They really like it. They're drawn to it. They want to go there. They, they want to study everything about that particular culture. They're drawn to that world, to the lifestyle, to the mindset, to the philosophy. So usually that's an indication that maybe that's a past life memory. That's a past life memory. So these are some of the behaviors that people who are reincarnated souls can definitely experience some of these things you know I mean we we can talk for days but our time is limited and so I'm gonna go ahead on and wrap it up but you know I just gave information about reincarnation I want us to really entertain and really think about the possibility of reincarnation can you imagine if we can prove that reincarnation is real beyond a shadow of a doubt can you imagine how we would be able to set ourselves free just knowing that we will live again, knowing that we'll get a second chance to get it right. I mean, I mean, we don't have to worry about death. We don't have to worry about being separated from our loved ones. We don't have to worry about the pain and the heartache that comes with losing somebody because you will see them again. You will be able to reconnect with them at some point. Now, can you imagine the implication of that? of being a soul that is immortal, that you live forever. I mean, that will just revolutionize the human mind if we could just accept that, that option or that possibility or entertain that reality that we could live forever and we could have different experience. How would that change the way that you live? How would that change the way that you think the way that you have relationships, the way that you work, the way that you experience life. Now, please entertain the possibility of reincarnation, you know, and if you have entertained it and you believe in reincarnation, think about the life that you're living right now. Because remember now, the life that you're going to have in the next lifetime is going to depend upon what you do here. So you have to definitely raise your frequency so in order for you to have positive karma, because when you die, if you're operating at a lower vibratory frequency, you're going to those worlds or you're going into a lifetime that's going to reflect that negative low vibratory frequency. So you have to keep that in mind. If you believe in reincarnation, you have to live a life of integrity. You have to live a life of love and peace and unity if you want to have a better next carnation, incarnation. You want to reincarnate in a better place, all right? Now, in the bigger scheme of things, we are learning as souls and spirit. We are connected to the divine and we're having this experience to add to the collection of experiences of divine, of the source. And ultimately, it's all about divine love. Ultimately, no matter where we go, no matter what life we live, we always have to go back to that reality of divine love, reconnecting to the source of all things, which is divine love. Divine love is unconditional, unconditional acceptance, unconditional understanding, unconditional unity, oneness. So please 
consider the possibility of reincarnation and think about where you're going, what it is that you want to do, how you would love to experience this life. What would it be that you would change and, and what decisions would you make if you knew for a fact that you would live again? So we have one life, so let's live. We may have another life, so let's plan to have a great one.